Welcome to Life Center Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and our church, visit lifecenternyc.com. Amen, amen. It's such an honor to be in the house of God this morning. I just feel the Holy Spirit so strong. How many of you just feel the ministering power of the Lord? So this morning, I really, I had a message and a direction that I was going to go in, but I feel like the Lord wants to take it in a different direction. So I'm just kind of yielding to the Lord. But first, I just honor this house. I love this house. This is one of my favorite places to come to. I know the Lord is, is, is he, I don't just honor this house, but I know the Lord is honoring this house this morning. I remember years ago walking with Pastor Tammy and praying over the ground when she was asking the Lord, Lord, where do you want the house to be? Where do you want the house to be? And then we came upon this era. Do you remember? It was so, and we were walking around, and I could just, her tears were, her, her heart for you. And now, you are the fruit of that prayer. Just the years of faithfulness. And so, uh, today I'm going to pray, but I feel like I want to talk about remembrance and about the stones of remembrance, because I really believe there's something that happens when we remind the Lord of his faithfulness, when we remember when God broke into our lives, it becomes a landing strip for a move of God right? When we see God, we were in a tough situation and God did something. You know, those moments, we have to treasure those moments. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you today. I'm going to slow down because I I can be kind of, whoa. But (laughs) I was up at a resting place last night. So I'm getting my second wind this morning. But I really want to be sensitive to the Lord in this moment. Uh, So Holy Spirit, we just invite you We invite your presence. We thank you for what you're already doing in the room. And I just get out of the way. I just get out of the way, and I make room for you. Can we just make room for him? We don't just invite you in the room. We give you the room. We give you every inch of the room this morning. We give you the room. We don't just invite you in the room, but we give you the room. He's landing on that. We give you the room. We don't just give you the room, but we give you the room in our hearts this morning. And we ask that every distraction, every burden, every weight, everything that would try to just cause us to feel discouraged and defeated this morning would fall down as we give you the room. In the name of Jesus. So out in the foyer, I do have a devotional. If you ladies want to check it out, Uh, the Lord kept prompting me that it was time to write down uh, in a journal those things that he taught me over the last 25 years and really empower women in the place of intimacy and prayer. So it's just something you can stick in your purse, 21 days, simple devotion, tools, little nuggets the Lord showed me. So I really encourage you to get that. I'm also hosting a gathering in October. I wanted to share about this conference. It's called She is the Sign. We believe the Lord is anointing women in this hour in a unique way, not to be feminists, but to be women who are completely sold out to the Lord. And so we are hosting, we believe God is raising up voices for the voiceless. We believe God is anointing the Deborahs, the Esthers. How many of you believe that? So there has to be a container for what the Lord wants to do. So we're hosting a conference called She is the, she is the Sign. I don't know if we have the, the conference 
graphic. But anyway, we're going to have Sean and Krista Smith speaking. I mean, so many. Uh, Victory Boyd, who's a leading artist, who's a worship leader, but also a prophet to the secular world. She's under Jay-Z's label, but she is completely sold out to the Lord in the music industry. And so she should be here today, but she's going to be leading. It's going to be insane. Oh, my goodness. Go to 818thesign.org if you're interested in signing up for that conference. You can also follow us on Facebook, all those things above. Amen. I got that out. Praise the Lord. Uh, my husband is holding down the fort. We have two boys, and he is like, I'm like, honey, please don't make Kool-Aid for, for breakfast. Like, but he's not. He's making omelets. He's taking them to go pool shooting. I mean, they are having a blast, but he sends his love. He's an incredible. Thank God for men that allow women to preach. Thank God for a man who's not intimidated. I couldn't do what I do without Will Ford. He truly is my champion in the kingdom. And so I thank God for Pastor Bill and other men who make room in pulpit for women preachers. This is not, you know, everywhere I go, we don't see this. So we celebrate fathers that actually allow daughters to preach and mothers to preach without intimidation. So we just honor you for that. So the message that I'm going to share today, I had a different message and I felt the Lord say, I want you to stay on this message of remembrance. I came here for the 20th anniversary. How many of you know Resting Place in New Jersey? They're celebrating. Give it up for Resting Place. They're celebrating 20 years of faithfulness before the Lord. And I remember being a part of that move of God as a teenager, meeting Pastor Ali. He was 14 years old preaching at Christ Church. And I was like, this guy, he runs up to me. I'm 17 years old. He hands me a tape uh, from Brownsville Revival. And the tape reads, honey, where are we from? And it was about this family who got so drunk in the spirit at the Brownsville Revival, they forgot where they lived. <laughs> so he hands me this tape. You remember, who remember cassette tapes? Like VCR tapes. And he's like, you, you got to watch this tape. Now, I'm like, from just from the Bronx, I'm like, I don't know anything about revival. Boogie down, shout out to the Bronx. But I'm like, what? Who, who forgets where they live? So I put this tape on. I had just moved to New Jersey. I put this tape on in my house. And the glory of God started to fall in my house so much so that other family members begin to run in the room. And they said, what is it that we feel? Because they were so impacted. I mean, gold just started falling in the room. I mean, it was like, and you know, I had some people in my house that were like, not, oh my God, praise God. But they're like, what the blank is happening here? <laughs> I'm like, it's God. He's real. He's alive. And so right after that, Ali invited me to Toronto and the rest is history. I've been going after the Lord ever since then, and, and Pastor Rich was a part of that. I remember we went to Toronto, so I'm so grateful. So I came here for, to celebrate 20 years of faithfulness. Come on, 20 years of faithfulness. So when I asked the Lord what I was supposed to share this morning concerning this house, because I don't believe it's just New Jersey, uh, the resting place. I believe this decades and decades of faithfulness that this house has stewarded. And God is remembering this morning the sacrifice that have come through the leaders in this house. So Joshua chapter 4, verse 4 through 7, I'm going to start with verse 4. It says, so Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe. And he said to them, go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of Israel. 
to serve as a sign among you in the future. When your children ask, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So what's happening in this chapter? What's happening? We see that God had parted the Red Sea. And just like God parted the Red Sea, God parts the Jordan River. But there would come a generation that had never seen the Jordan, never seen the Jordan River part, nor did they see the Red Sea part. So God has to acquaint this generation to his faithfulness. So he tells Joshua, hey, Joshua, you saw this happen. But there will be people that have never seen this happen. They have no context. They have no grid. And I need them to understand who I am. So he tells Joshua to take these 12 stones from the Jordan and to place it on the shoulders of the priests, each 12 tribes, so that he could acquaint the next generation with his faithfulness. In other words, it was as if God was saying, hey, the same God who parted the Red Sea, the same God who parted the, Red, uh, the Jordan River, he'll part whatever circumstance for you. So the, 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 the part, it was a sign to that generation. These stones served as memorial stones of God's faithfulness. So what is a memorial stone? I believe memorial stones are a part of God's heavenly scrapbook. Do you know God has a scrapbook where he opens it up and he remembers battles that he overcame with us? He remembers moments in our lives where we gave him our yes in the hard seasons. He remembers moments when, when it was, you know, I love all the, the great celebration, but do you know there are times where it just takes a groan or a moan just to get to church? Where you're going through something and you show up anyway, God is like, I remember that love. And he writes it and he takes account of it. So God has a heavenly scrapbook that these memorial stones are in. And this is where he introduces the present generation to the history of his faithfulness with the previous generation. That's why when I first started sharing with you how uh, Pastor Tammy would walk through the streets, it was like I was getting to witness as a young woman what faith looked like. She was introducing me to the faithfulness of God because she was praying for something she had not seen yet. And I was getting to partner with her faith, even though I had no idea either. So she was introducing me to God's faithfulness in my own life through her simple act of obedience. You thought it was a walk, but it was an invitation. Some of you, God is saying, you think it's a walk right now as you're coming here, but it's an invitation into a deeper revelation and a, deep, a deeper impartation of who God is to break out in your own life. So pay attention to the walks. Pay attention to these moments where God will use the previous generation to show you something, to teach you something. So each stone represented a person from the tribe of Israel. You see, when God looked on those stones, God did not see a pile of rocks. God did not just see stones. What God saw was his covenant friend Abraham who left everything to follow him. He saw the great-grandchildren that were part of his heavenly scrapbook. That, that's what they represented, and God's heart was flooded with memory. Do you know God loves to remember? That he actually loves to remember. Think about it. How many of us like Facebook people? I mean, you know, more the Gen, I think it's a Gen X, probably more on Facebook. Come on, millennials, where are you guys at on Instagram? <laughs> and then you got the alpha, I think they're all on TikTok, right? Come on, how many use social media? 
No, you guys don't use social media? This is New York City. Come on. But what do we do with social media? What do we store on social media? We house our memories. Like, this is where we collect our photos. Come on, selfie queens. This is where we're taking pictures every... Do you have to take a picture with every meal? Can we not know what you had for dinner last night? Come on, they know, they know, they know. Everyone, we know you went on a fishing trip because we could find it on Facebook. So they, so these heavenly scrapbooks, it, it's our Facebook. Now, if someone's house was to burn down and you run into the house, you're not going to go and try to find your, your, your nicest pair of shoes. You're probably going to look for your scrapbook. You're probably going to look for that old Polaroid camera, right? You know, those cameras are coming back, right? You're probably going to look for the things that are most dear to you. Now, if I were to show you my scrapbook or my journal, or what do you call it, like yearbook, I'm a 90s kid, so you probably are going to see the big baggy jeans with the Timberland boots, right? Or if you're in the 60s, you see those big old afros. By the way, those things are coming back. You'd see the pop hairstyles. But when I look at the scrapbook, I start to weep because I remember the battle that I fought with this one. I remember the, 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 the wars I overcame with that one. As I'm looking through the scrapbook, my heart is flooded with memory. Now, just think about it. If we're like this and we're made in God's image, if we're like this over the things we remember, how much so is the God that we serve? Because he loves to remember. And there's not one wasted prayer. And there's not one wasted devotion. And there's nothing that you do before the Lord that he doesn't take account of. Actually, the, uh, David talks about how God takes account of his tears and he stores them in a bottle. God is the God who is under the influence of memory. He's under the influence of the devotion of this house. He's under the influence of your yes in spite of your pain, in spite of the hell you're facing, in spite of the health challenges. He's under the influence of your love for him. You know how I know he's under that influence of memories? Because in 1 Kings 18.31, where Elijah, we have Elijah the prophet, he has a showdown with the prophets of Baal. Guess what Elijah is going to use as a reminder to the Lord to release a new fire? He's going to use those same stones. Elijah, here in verse 31, it says, Elijah took the 12 stones, one from each of the tribes descending from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, Your name shall be Israel. With the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord. At that time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham. You know what he's doing? He's reminding the Lord. He's saying, Lord, look at these stones of your covenant friend. Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Let it be known today that you are the God in Israel and that I am your servant and I've done these things in your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me. Now we see Elijah praying this prayer. Then in verse 38 it says, then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice on the wood. The stones and the soil, and it also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate, and they cried, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. But what did Elijah use to provoke God to move? What was it that attracted God's heart when Elijah prayed? Because I'm sure he prayed several times. But Elijah made God remember. He provoked the heart of God. And he, it's, it's as if he was saying, Lord... 
on these old stones, on these old stones, release a new fire for the next generation. On this altar, release a new fire in our midst. So Elijah was provoking God by calling things to, to memory. I believe that we're in a time where everything is so fast and so quick because we do have social media. We're kind of like in a light generation. Everything is like, do it now, do it fast, do it quick. But do you ever sit and you say, God, I remember when. I remember when. I remember the promises that you made to this house. I remember that moment when you did this. There's something that comes when we begin to remind the Lord because God begins to remember. We begin to provoke his heart in such a profound way. But not only can stones like places and memories become memorials, our prayers can be memorials, become a memorial to the Lord. Acts 10, verse 4, we see it with Cornelius. It says in verse 4, Cornelius stared at him in fear. And he's talking about the angel. What is it, Lord? He said, the angel answered, your prayers and your gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering to God. A memorial offering. So I believe that intercession, bowls get filled and when bowls get filled with this kind of memorial, at some point, God is saying, I've seen your prayers. Now I'm going to take that bowl and I'm going to tip it back over you. So in other words, at some point, the bowls have to tip. Does that make sense? As your prayers are filling the bowls, they begin to tip back over your own life. As God begins to remember, there was times in my life I would begin to pray, I begin to pray, and I see the Lord's heart, and he said, oh, I remember, and then he would tip the very bowl back on my own life. So you become the answer to your own prayers. Some of us, we're praying for breakthrough in areas in our lives. We're praying for God to move in the city. We're praying for God to move in our region. We're praying for God to move in our nation. How many of you are praying? Because we need to pray. If you're not praying, get a prayer life. Prayer is dangerous. But at some point, you have to go from praying to becoming the sign. You have to go from just praying to you yourself becomes the answer to your own prayer. See, that's uncomfortable when God says, okay, you're the answer to your own prayer. Because half the time we're over here like, Lord, send Pastor Bill, send Pastor Tammy, use them, oh God, make them the, 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 the whatever. And God's like, uh, what about you? 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 I want you to become the living stone in which I release fire on. I don't want you to just ask for me to send others. God is saying, whom shall I send? You say, send me, O oh Lord. <laughs> See, that's when it becomes, that's when it gets hard. That's when it becomes an inconvenience. But God is looking for people right now in the midst of all of it, of all their pain that are saying, Lord, make me the answer. Make me the answer. How many are praying that, Lord, make me the answer? So studying memorial stones, there was a, 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 a sociologist that claimed that any society, any community of people that desire to endure suffering or desire to endure hardships, one of the things they had to make as a, as a model is the power of memory. They had to build their community on memory and hope. And as they begin to build their communities and they would remind each other of the acts of God, there would come something within that community that God would land in revival. Isn't that powerful? So if we're feeling hopeless, 
and we're feeling downtrodden, and we're feeling defeated, the most powerful thing you can do right now is remind the Lord of his faithfulness in your life. Begin to take out your heavenly scrapbook. Begin to take out your history with God. Begin to take out those battles you fought together. Begin to take out those moments when you were sick and he healed you. Maybe you're sick in your body, but you remember back in the day you were sick and God healed you. Remind him of that. Maybe you needed a financial miracle and you're not seeing it right now. Remind him of that. Remind the Lord. So I, as, as I was studying this about memorial stones and what it is to be a memorial and how God is a God who's flooded with memory of, as a devotion of his church, I, I read how right in New York City, there was a memorial stone right in the city by a man named Jeremiah Lamfield. You guys all, I think I'm saying his name right. Uh, uh, is it Lamfield? Yeah, he was, uh, uh, he was a part of the businessman's revival. And what they would do is they would gather in this city and they would pray. They hosted over 11,000 prayer meetings. 11,000 prayer meetings. And it says that uh, it was at which more than a half a million people attended those prayer meetings over 36 years. And over 56,000 prayers have been offered up and 225,000 written requests on prayer. The Lord said to me, you think I forgot memorial stones like this? You think I've forgotten people like this? No, I haven't forgotten, but I'm just looking for a new generation that will resource the bowls in heaven, that will resource those prayers, that will, that will redig those wells, that will not just look to the past, but they begin to acquaint with the past to the, 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 this generation, begins to connect with that generation, and God releases the synergy of the ages in the place of prayer. So God wants to do it again. God wants to do it again. Right in New Jersey, right in New Jersey, in the seven, in 1720s. And I said this last night because I really struggle with this man's last name. I'm like, if I tried to say it, I would just, the poor guy, if he's in heaven, please forgive me. So I'm not going to say your name so I don't mess it up. But Theodore, I'll just say Minister Theodore, he lived in New Jersey, and he was shocked by the deadness in the churches in America. He, along with other New Jersey pastors, a pastor named Gilbert Tennant, preached to the importance of leaving a life of sin and giving a life fully to God. They saw many people come out of darkness, and eventually the news of this awakening reached Jonathan Edwards and George Whitfield. It became a catalyst for renewal, renew, and they reached over 30,000 people in one meeting. This was a man right in New Jersey. He became a memorial stone before the Lord. Right in that city, he became a memorial. See, God wants us to begin to call on what he did in the past, not so we could camp out in the past, so that it can become a springboard for what he wants to do now in our lifetime. You know, Jeremiah 2.2 says this. This is what the Lord says. I remember. I remember the devotion of your youth. How as a bride you love me. And how you follow me through the wilderness that you did not sow. God remembers the devotion. He, he's, he's so influenced. And I believe not only does he remember, but some of us in this room, you're under the influence of what you did 20 years ago. The things you're seeing now is because the sacrifices you made back then. The yeses you made back then, you're literally walking under an open heaven of your yesterday's yes. You're walking under open heaven and you don't even realize it because something you prayed 20 years ago. I believe sometimes we can be in seasons and we're striving. We're striving and we're trying to make something happen and we're, we're going hard and we're going hard. And God's like, don't you know I'm still under the influence of what you did 10 years ago? 
and you don't have to strive because I did it in your yesterday. I'm going to release it in your today. Isn't that powerful? That's so powerful to me. But not only does God remember our, our, our prayers, but he sees our tears. The Lord's been having me on this journey about tears and how tears are a touch point for a move of God and how in heaven there's not one wasted tear. And how suffering and pain, I believe there's some of you, even in, in, in my own life, over the last two years, you've been through some pain. And you couldn't get out a groan. You couldn't even get out a, a, a prayer because you were so weak. Maybe all you can get out was a little stammer. God, I love you. And God lands on that whisper in your heart. He lands on that. And this is a time where I just feel like, you know, we're, we're very, we're a people, we love to be entertained. But we don't deal with the things that are going on in our life. And God is saying, I want you to be real with me. I'm not after a show and I'm not after all these things. You don't have to pretend that everything's okay. I want you to be a people that can bear your heart before me. I can handle your mess. I can handle your tears. I can handle the journey. It's not too messy for God. So he remembers tears. David talked about it in Psalm 58, 4, where he says, God, take account of my tears. You store them all in a bottle. Do you know that the storing of tears in the bottle was a custom they did in Israel? They had these people called professional mourners. And what they would do in Israel is they would take these tear bottles. I actually ordered one. I wish I would have brought it with me. And what they would do is they would take these tear bottles, they're little glass bottles, and these professional mourners, what they would do is they would walk about during the funerals in Israel and they would cry into the bottle. And whoever could produce the most amount of tears would actually get paid more to cry into the bottle. And all in the, as the archaeologists were looking through the land in Israel, they found hundreds and thousands of tear bottles because it was something, it was, it was a custom to use tear bottles, but not just professional mourners. David took that custom because he knew that God was storing his tears in heaven. And he said that there would not be one wasted tear. So these tear bottles, at some point, the Lord said to me to have an, I'm, I'm storing your tears in a bottle. And at some point, I'm going to take your tears and I'm going to pour it back over you. And I'm going to pour it back over your family. And I'm going to pour it back over your generation. And your tears become a landing strip in which I move. That's called a broken and a contrite heart. God cannot deny. God breaks in in humility. God breaks in when we cry out to him. God is saying to you, uh, 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 to this house, there's not one wasted tear. There's not one wasted groan. There's not one wasted, I'm a memorialize that and my heart is flooded with emotion God is looking for that but he's also saying this what you've sown in tears you are going to reap in joy Psalm 126 what this house has sown in tears you will reap in joy uh, this is this is amazing verse it says this is what the Lord said restrain your voice from weeping and your eyes from shedding tears your work will be rewarded, declares the Lord, and they will return from the land of their enemy. Now, I have this whole message on the tears in Jeremiah 9, which I really can't get into today. But what I believe the Lord is saying, though, is for those of you in this room have went through a season where it's been one battle after the next, and you, you have felt kind of defeated. I just want you to raise your hand. You just feel like, because like, this morning I felt such a ministering with the violin. Like you just felt like you've just been under a weight, and you haven't been able to shake it 
and you haven't been able to be that strong prayer warrior and you, 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 you're like, oh my God, I don't even know if I can make it through the next day. God wants to answer you today with breakthrough and you're in the place of prayer. God wants to break in on you today. Do you believe that? And God wants to release a new fire. So let's get back to the stones. So when Elijah took the stones, we saw about the tears, how God at some point tips the tears back onto us. The stones of remembrance and those, 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 those tears, God says, on these old stones, release a new fire. I believe right now there is a new fire that God wants to release in the end time church where we've been trying to kindle all flame, old flames. And God is saying, no, I want to release new fire on it. I want to take the old altar and I want to release a new fire for the next generation. I want to take the, the old altar. That's what Elijah was doing. And that's how he defeated the prophets of Baal. Because that altar, God said, okay, I see that you remember, but now, bam, and he releases fire, thundering and lightning on that altar. I don't know about you, but I'm in this season of my life where I'm saying, Lord, I need a new fire on this old altar. I need something fresh. I need not that God's a genie in the bottle, but God, I believe that you want to land. You want to come in a new way in my midst. Because it's going to take the fire of God to sustain us for where we're headed. How many of you believe that? It's going to take the fresh fire of God. And sometimes that fire will come in our lives. And that fire will be the very thing that tests us. But from that fire, you become as pure gold. Sometimes we're crying out for the fire of God. But the fire, when it comes, the fire of God comes to purify his bride. But the fire also comes to test us. And the fire comes to produce gold on the inside of us. Do not fear the testing. Do not allow the testing to take you out. If you can understand it's just a test, it's just a test. It's just a test. But you're going to get to the other side of the test if you will remind the Lord in the place of faithfulness and say, God, you did it then. You, you did it then. You can do it again. God, you did it back then for me. You can do it again. You healed my body that time. You can do it again. It's just a test. And so often as Christians, when we're in a test, what we do is halfway through the test, we quit because we just can't handle the heat. But I want to tell you something. Not only are you going to handle the heat, but you're going to walk through the heat. Why am I telling you this? Last week, I was at a conference. It was, I was supposed to speak for Cindy Jacobs. It was a big conference, a big, big, God bless big conferences, but I like small conferences too. I get to the gas station and I'm the first speaker at the conference and I have have on now but I had shoes on and I go to the gas station and I was really going through it because I'm like why didn't my husband feel the gas tank he knew I had to get up and get to this conference but I'm at the gas tank uh pastor bill and I'm there and I go to take the lever the, the little handle out and I take it out though the gas doesn't come out of there the gas comes out of the base like a fire hose and I'm standing at the gas tank, and I'm like, I'm not really in tune with what's happening. But before I could say anything, the gas begins to come all over me like a fire hose. Now, thank God there was no one smoking a cigarette because I would have looked like the man from In Living Color, Fire Marshal Bill. But, but the gas gets all over me. 
I mean, it's all over my, and this is silk. It's all over me, all over me, no exaggeration. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm the first speaker. Like the morning session, it's like 3,000 women there. And, I, and the Lord's like, I'm like, okay, I'll go home, I'll change. God says, no, I want you to go to the conference. So I get to, I'm, no exaggeration, no exaggeration. I get to the conference, and I stand on stage, and I'm smelling like gas. Someone, of course, brought me. I'm smelling really bad. I'm like, oh, they're going to think I didn't shower. It, 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 that, that's not me. I actually have her shower cap. Where's the shower cap lady in the room? Beautiful shower cap. Hey, you got to order a shower cap from her. It'll change your life, especially if you have hair like mine. So I, I love to shower, and I love that shower cap. So I, it, but I get on stage, and I'm smelling like gas. And the Holy Spirit said this to me. He said, Dehavon, do you not know that you are the fuel to the fire? Do you not know that it smells a whole lot better when ga all gasoline is refined oil? And I need you to smell it. I need you to feel it. I need you to understand that I'm releasing a new fire in the earth realm. And I want you to smell it. And I want not only you to smell it because this fire is messy and this will cost you everything. But if you don't quit, you're going to come out on the other side like pure refined oil. So I open up my mouth at the gathering and the fire of the Holy Spirit hits the entire room. Women were grabbing, saying, we want your clothes. We want the gasoline. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> They're like, can you give us your clothes? I was like, what are you, crazy? I'm taking this to the cleaners. But they're like, if, if God is saying he wants to pour out gasoline and he wants to release a new fire on these old stones, I want it. And there was a hunger and there was a passion in the room. The fire, all it is, is refined oil. The gasoline is refined oil. But to those who say yes, to those who are willing to endure in the place of memory and communion with the Lord, you will get to the other side. Because what happened in Joshua, it was about crossing the Jordan. You're not going to stay here. Oh, it's a momentary light affliction that is passing away. God is saying it's a temporal flame. It's temporal. It will not take you out. Somebody needs to hear that. Somebody needs to hear that. It will not kill you. It will make you stronger. And God will release a greater testimony in you. And you know what happened with the prophet Tabel? They were consumed. They died. When, they, when God, when Elijah showed the stones, and that's what's going to happen to the things that are trying to annoy you and prick you, and even in your own life that's trying to come against you in your own mind, the Lord is saying, you'll get in a place of prayer. I'll cause those things to fall like lightning in your life. He wants to set you on fire. You didn't hear what I just said. The Lord wants to take out the gasoline of heaven. And he wants to set you on fire. He wants to take you in a place called another realm. Where you walk in a pace of grace. And you're not moved by everything the enemy throws at you. If I could tell you all the things the enemy has to do this year. The Lord said to heaven, do you not know you are a fuel to the fire? You are a fuel to the fire of God. And you know what I did? I went back to that gas station. And then the New York in me came out. After I got past the spiritual stuff, I was like, wait a minute, you going to fix this gas tank? What's up with the gas tank? And he goes, I, I don't know. Try something with the levers. So you better fix this gas tank. 
because I got gasoline all over me, and that was not fun. Thank God the gas station didn't blow up. But that was the lesson. And the Lord is saying, I believe to this house, you're in a fire. You're in a storm. If you're not, just give it time. (laughs) But it's not to scare you. It's to produce refined oil. My husband, when he got to the conference, I was standing there. I felt I was so grateful to the Lord, even for that. And, you know, some probably could have, you know, oh, that's just gasoline from the lever. I'm like, no, you don't understand. But my husband looked at me. He said, oh, my God, to heaven, all gasoline is is refined oil. He said, God is raising up leaders that have been refined, and they will be the touch point in this next move of God. They will be the touch point. And I don't know what stage of the fire you're in. Maybe you're at the beginning of it. Maybe you got some negative health report. Maybe you got some marriage problems. Maybe you got some financials. I don't know where you're at in it, but I'm here to tell you you're going to get to the other side. Because what the enemy used for evil, God always takes it and uses it for good. And even if not on this side, you'll see it in eternity. If you're in this room today, and yours, because I feel the Lord wants to minister to his people. He loves his bride. He wants to, you to, he wants to build the stones of remembrance. He wants to release that new fire on your life. Maybe you're feeling dry. Maybe you're feeling tired. Maybe you're feeling burned out. And God wants to come over you today. How many of you would say to have, I'm in a testing. I'm in a testing. I, I, I just... I just, maybe that's why I came. I'm, I, it's a hard season. And I feel the enemy's really trying to take me out. I want you to stand up. I'm going to minister. I want to pray over you. I want to pray over you. I want to pray. And I want everyone else in the room that you're, all, you're just having a great season. Bless the Lord. <laughs> pray for us. I, I want to ask the Lord that on these stones... On this, on this, as we're in this, as we're crossing the Jordan, that the Lord would release a new, a new grace, and that there would come this, this level of, of reminding the Lord of his faithfulness in our life. If I can get just the person of the keys, this is not, just if you can just come up. I just want to minister in the violinist, and we can have the violinist just to come back, because there was such a special anointing on the violinist today. I believe she's going to minister to prophetically over people right now. This is going to be a time where maybe there's something you need to pull out of your treasure box that God did in your life years ago, and you need to begin to remind the Lord in your heart begin to talk to the Lord begin to commune with the Lord I believe the Holy Spirit's going to land as you begin to remind the Lord as you begin to remind the Lord I, you, I remind you Lord I remind you Lord the time in my life where, where I, was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was feeling depressed I didn't know which way to go and, and you came with, with, with an answer with immediate answers and results you know whatever it is you just begin to talk to the Lord we're going to have the worship team just begin to pray over you I want you to lift your hands Just begin to talk to the Lord. Pull out your memorial stones. Pull out your memorial stones. Pull out those things in your life that that you know God came through for you. Pull out those stones of remembrance and just begin to open your mouth and talk to the Lord. This is about you and God. And begin to ask him, Lord, on this old stone, on this place, on this old stones, Lord, uh, you see the challenges. You see the prophets of Baal. You see
see all these things, God. But Lord, on these old memories, would you open your heavenly scrapbook and would you pour out a new grace? Would you pour out a new fire on my life? Would you pour out a new grace on my life? Come on, just begin to talk to the Lord. It's between you and the Lord. It's between you and the Lord. Just begin to ask him to fill you with fresh fire of healing, fresh fire of breakthrough in your bodies, fresh fire of the glory in your life. Come on, you just begin to ask him. And even if you can't get out of prayer, maybe all you can do is get out a groan. Oh, maybe all you can do is get out a moan before the Lord. Maybe you don't have words. You know that when the Bible says that he perfects our praise, that word praise can also be said as he perfects our prayers. What does it mean for a father to perfect, to perfect someone's prayer? I have a 10-year-old, an uh, 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 8-year-old son. When he was a baby, if he would come to me and say, Mom, I need some Wawa, you wouldn't understand what he's saying. But because I'm his mom, I perfect his request. I know he's asking for water. So God takes our prayers and he perfects it. So I want to encourage you in this place, right now in this moment, if you can't get out a, a, a prayer, just get out a groan. So lift your voice to the Lord. Father, right now, all over this room, release the ministering flames of angels, Lord. All over this room, begin to minister to your people, Holy Spirit. Begin to take the tear bottle of heaven. Begin to catch their tears. Jesus, it's not about emotionalism. Begin to remind them of who you are in the place of faithfulness in their lives. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can also follow us on Instagram at LifeCenterNYC or YouTube at LifeCenterChurchNYC.